morning, all. Good morning, Mr. Collins. Yes, thank you. So here we are, another beautiful Sunday morning in the bucolic splendor of northeast Kansas. There's my, the last of my brood finding his seat. Uh, let's find out. I don't think so. So, no, no. There, is that any better? A little bit more in front of the old pie hole. So anyway, here we are. No, Bobby suggested maybe we should have church outside this morning, which I thought was a, a grand idea. So, so everybody get your stuff. No. Okay. No. Well, Jesus, we thank you for this day and for your word to us, for your love for us, for this place that we could come and fellowship with you. And uh, hear what it is that you have to say to us. God, give us uh, hearts to receive it and ears to hear it. God, we bind the flesh and the carnal mind and we loose your spirit. God, to do exactly what you want to do in this place. And I rebuke every lie and every um, every insinuation of the enemy, God, that would come against your people uh, to uh, cause us to believe anything that less than what you have for us. God, we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Yes, spring is upon us again. All the rain and all the sunshine and all the goodness. It's good stuff. It's great when you only have, when you work outside or all you have scheduled is stuff to do outside and it rains. Like, oh, darn. Day off. I'll just you know sit down and have some coffee and read a book while Mike slaves away in the office all day. Ha uh-huh. The burden of being the boss. So, so God's good to us, you guys. And uh, you know, it's uh, when I was growing up. Uh, you know, you learn things from your parents. Uh, not so much what they tell you as what they do. You know, you always hear the famous. You know, do as I say, not as I do, or, you know, and you know, of course everybody knows as you grow up that you actually end up doing what your parents did rather than what they said. And uh, it's funny, as I go along the pathway, I have these, these moments where I, I do or say something, and I'm like, wow, that is so my dad. Oh dear, you know, and uh, it's disconcerting, uh, but at the same time, you know, as God works on us and He molds us and stuff, it's an encouraging thing to think that hopefully my children are picking up on some better habits and things. Uh, you know, my I, I, Cynthia and I were talking about this on the way here. I did pick up from my dad that you you get up in the morning, you go to work, and you take care of your stuff. And that was you know, that's what I, my dad did. That's what he learned from his dad. When I went to my grandpa's funeral, who I did not know really, I'd met him a handful of times growing up. The, the the preacher said that he had left this legacy of that you got to pay your bills. Like you know, people want to they want to play, but they don't want to pay. Like, but but you know, Lane understood that you got to pay. Then you can play. So you got to pay your bills. And and so my my dad did indeed learn that from him. And and I picked that up in turn from my dad. And uh, so <clears throat> there you have it. There's the difference between working hard and just being reliable. I don't work hard. I just show up to work. 
But uh, um, anyway, um, you know, sometimes I think we, we pick up, it's easy to pick up from uh, the examples in your life, uh, the idea of just when the going gets tough, the tough, go find something else to do. Or, well, this is hard. I don't want to do this anymore. And and that's certainly something I picked up growing up. And uh, so that, that kind of quitter mentality just sort of wormed its way in there. You know, the great thing is, though, is that we have a God who is indeed not a quitter. And when when the going got tough, then he surrendered his will. And, and so that's what God is calling us to do. But the great thing about that is is that he is not the type to get in the middle of a project and then quit on it. You know, uh, how many of you ever started a book and you're reading this book and then you got excited about some other book? You're like, oh, I'm going to read both of these. And then and then before you know it, you're reading three or four books all at the same time and and uh, not really getting anywhere on any of them. Or you know, you start. I, I I do that all the time. I start some project and don't really get it done, uh, or I get it done at at great cost. In, in aggravation and, and time wasted on things that needed done. Uh, but uh, go with me to Philippians 1. And you shall understand what my rambling is building up to. And actually, before we go there, go with me to Jeremiah 18. Let's start there. One of my favorites. This is a great, uh, a great passage for uh, those days when you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, and uh, or just feeling like, is this project ever going to turn out right? You know, because as I said, uh, you know, we have a we have a God that doesn't give up on the project and he doesn't he doesn't quit part way through, and you know, lately God has been dealing rather seriously about things that, that need dealt with here in the church. And um, anybody who honestly wants to please God finds that discouraging if they find themselves in that category of, ooh, that, that would be me. And uh, and I think that's why in Hebrews he said to you know, strengthen the feeble knees, lift up the hands that hang down, because you know, when, when you think you're doing okay or you hope you're doing okay, you find out maybe you're not doing so okay, it's kind of, oh... Dang it. Uh, you know, uh, my my dad uh, worked the same job my entire childhood, and he didn't like it, but he did it because it, it paid enough, and and he liked uh, he liked the security of just well this is where I work this is what I do. I found his comfort in the routine of it and everything, and uh, uh, he had an opportunity to be promoted to a foreman, and he did. He took he took him up on that, and uh, uh, but he wasn't very good at it, and uh, and I think he could have been, but uh, the the guy that was his boss was very uh, impatient and unpleasant, and uh, um, decided that the best way to motivate people was to shout and and berate them, and so uh, about a week into this uh, this. 4A as a foreman, uh, he decided he was done with it, and, and he, he stepped back down and to, to just do the flunky work again, 
because he decided it wasn't it wasn't worth that. Um, but you know, it's, so it's discouraging, you know, if when when we uh, when we set out to do something and doesn't quite turn out how we'd hoped. And I think that we've all discovered that in our life with Christianity. Like you start out thinking, I can do this, you know. And, you know, we all start out knowing that that's not how this works, but we all still think that we can. Like, I'm going to do great at this. And and then we find out that, that we don't do so well. And it's discouraging, but... Um, I think this this passage is uh, something that's always been a real comfort to me when I reach those those moments of isn't this ever going to change? Can I not ever get beyond this thing? This is kind of where I go. So in verse one, he says, "The word of the Lord which came to Jeremiah, saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there will I cause thee to hear my words." And I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as with this potter? Behold, saith the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. I've always found that such an encouragement that, you know, because everybody can rattle it off. You know, I'm I'm the clay, he's the potter, he's the potter, I'm the clay. And and we all we all know that, but there's it's funny how you can say something, and and not necessarily apply it, make application to yourself, or or even maybe believe it. Um, you know, and you see that sometimes when you have little children, because uh, there are times that I I would realize my kids could rattle off the answer that they that they knew I was expecting, but they didn't really get get it. They didn't really get what they were saying. They didn't really, you know, they didn't understand what I was actually, what they were actually saying, what they really were supposed to be meaning by it. And, and uh, you know, there's a, I think there's a very fine line between the, the personal responsibility of, um, of holding ourselves accountable to the Word of God and, and, and doing those things that He's given us power to do and just, Resting in his faithfulness and trusting that that he's the potter, and uh, and so we we want that leading of the spirit of God because that's what makes all the difference in the world. Because otherwise, you find yourself on this treadmill, little hamster wheel in the basement, and trying to uh, <clears throat> trying to to make sure that you're you're pleasing God, but you're not really sure what it is He wants exactly. And and so so God makes plain to us in His Word the things that He that He expects of us, and uh, but He but He talks here in Jeremiah about how um, He compared His people to a lump of clay, you know, and so that's that's all right, you know, nothing wrong with my my uh, my uncle's nickname was Lumpy back when he was a coal miner and. Uh, um, was a big, burly, boisterous kind of guy, and everybody he worked with called him Lumpy. So I'm okay with Lumpy. Um, but you know, the great thing about clay is that you can mold it and squish it. And and if you're a kid, you're probably Play-Doh and you smell really good. But don't eat it. Uh, but the thing about being clay 
is you don't clay doesn't do anything in particular, and uh, and so uh, when we when we see those things uh, in our life that that God would have us to deal with, then that's what He uh, then He He knows that He can give you power that you have power to to deal with X Y and Z, but the the responsibility of of making it successfully to the end of the road lays on him and and that's what he's talking about here because in verse 4 the the vessel was was not even didn't even come out right the first time around and uh <clears throat> i think that happens we have those moments it's like wow the vessel is slightly marred maybe maybe it's a little little wide in the middle perhaps but um but it said that he made it again like it seemed good to him. And so uh you know when you um when you are doing pottery on one of those wheels, you kind of have to have this image in mind. And and you have to you have to kind of hold that image there and work the clay into it. And so we we of course uh we already know what the image is that we're being squished into and uh so god has those things for us and he and he gets it done and that's what i like about how he says you know can't do you not think i could do the same thing with you as this potter is doing with this clay like the clay is just spinning sitting on the wheel and and i'm molding it into what i want it to be go with me over to philippians chapter one Children to the uh, the school carnival yesterday. It's an, always an interesting experience. They, uh, we were reminiscing about uh, how uh, one of the one of the other little children uh, referred to the carnival as the carny carn, and how it just sort of stuck forever. So all week long, my kids have been talking about the carny carn. The carny carn is coming. I can't wait. And, and so, leaving the school, Jeremy was just all hangdog. He's like, I wish the carnival was just starting. <laughs> like, I wish it wasn't over yet. I wish it was all day. And I was thinking, three grueling hours. <laughs> Following them around. Actually, it's not so bad. You know, They have, like, the gym is filled with bouncy houses and inflatable slides and obstacle courses. And you can just... Kind of just let them run off and go play. It's brilliant, and and get a moment's peace. They have a place for the old people like me to sit. <laughs> so I like that. And then you just have to deal with the awkward discomfort of all these people that I, you don't know, that you live in the same little town with them, and your children go to school together. But it's like, hey, so I'm such a sociable person. So so in Philippians one. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God on every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you 
will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I I sat down and did my traditional pick this apart and you know look at all the words and dig around in it and see what's there, and it says what it says. That's as plain as you could say it. God started this good work, and He's going to finish it. And so find me something in the Bible that God did not finish. You know, find me something that that He He got started on and thought, well, this isn't really working. I, you know, I mean, He came to some moments. I mean, you know, the the, the flood comes to mind. But he didn't start completely over. He 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 brought the sons through through that place. So he didn't start completely from scratch. And you know, think about the the wilderness. You know, he was ready to destroy them all, but of course he he was making this opportunity for Moses to to intercede on their behalf. And and that's precisely what Moses talked to him about. He's like, but if you but then everybody would say that, yeah, you got them out there, but then you couldn't bring them in. You couldn't finish it. You know, and and uh, nobody likes that, oh, you couldn't finish, huh? So, Which is terrible when you're a young man with a big appetite and you have people that like to push you, see how much you can eat. I have this friend who shall remain nameless <laughs> who delights in seeing how much can he get you to eat. And... So to my everlasting shame, when I was 18, I let him push me into eating an entire large meat lovers on pan from Pizza Hut all at once. And I, I regretted it for a while. Really did. So, so but no, nobody likes that. Oh, well, if you're not man enough to handle it. Or, you know, I mean, if you can't do it, I understand. And there, there, are, there are people that that's a great way to motivate them. There was another young man who worked for us for a while who shall also remain nameless. But that was a really great way to, to get him to do what you wanted him to do. It's like, oh, well, I mean, if you can't, I understand. <laughs> there would just be this, show you. And then there are people who it didn't work so well. Like, well, I mean, if you just can't handle it, I, I no. No, I really can't. <laughs> Well, that didn't work. Okay, try another tack. You know, so but uh, so so God starts something and He finishes it, and and that's a great thing because uh, you know nobody likes to follow somebody out on some project and you get going on it and then it just sort of all falls apart. Uh, you know, Mike and I actually dealt with that a lot the last few weeks because we had this humongous outside that we were painting and uh, first it was too windy and then it was uh, and then it was raining and then we had we had to make some money so we scheduled something else and so then we get the phone call like hey where are you guys at it's a beautiful day out well, we're doing something else because we that's just what happened and uh, and then we just had all this song and dance because the last Week is just rain, sun, rain, sun, and uh, uh, but there was there were these moments where it's like, wow, here I am in the middle of this project, and I really want to just be done now. I I think that looks good. Let's let's go home. And 
Unfortunately, you can't do that because people won't pay you if you do that. And, uh, you know, it kind of snowballs from there. So being confident of this very thing, and that's a great word, confident. You know, because you, you have to have confidence in your, your glorious leader. And and so, um, so we have this leader then this this God that that we can have the utmost confidence in because you can look back through the word and and there is nowhere where he he started on something and he didn't finish it there's nowhere where he where he said I'm going to do this and didn't work out you can stay right there I'm going to read you something I want to make sure I quote it right this is one of my favorites you'd think I would have it memorized down to the word but I don't In uh, Deuteronomy or Numbers 23, I'm sure you're quite familiar with what I'm going to read. One of my favorite things when the king of Moab sends for Balaam to curse Israel, and it begs the question: Who is this guy that uh, he that that he he could you know talk to God? He could get answers, real real answers from God, but he wasn't out there in the wilderness with everybody else. Like, who is this guy? So, something to pray about. Right, let me find what I'm looking for. <clears throat> so, of course, you know the story. Uh, Balaam is, uh, time after time, uh, Balak takes him out. and He's not very bright, this, this king of Moab. He's like, well, okay, well, if you didn't want to curse him from here, maybe, maybe this angle would be better. Right. <laughs> uh, and... I, I don't, I don't get that thinking at all. <laughs> but uh, um, so the king asked Moab asked him, you know, what what God has said. Says so he took up his parable and he said, "Rise up, Balak, and hear. Hearken to me, thou son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Has he spoken, and shall he not?" Make it good. Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. So it doesn't really get much better than that. So this this God that begins something, he's not a man. He's God, and he can't lie. So he's not going to tell you, oh, I'll take care of that, and then not do it. So you can count on him. So we have this grounds for the utmost confidence that that what he's what he starts, he's going to finish. What he says he's going to do, he's going to do it. And and there's uh, no cause to think otherwise. You know, I I have, have often in uh, uh, moments where things didn't seem to be going like I would have liked, gone back through my life and thought, you know, God, you I, I can't think of a single instance where you've let me down. I can't think of a time that you have given me any excuse or reason to doubt that you're going to come through for me now because you never have let me down and that you know how to do these things and you just you come through for me every time and he does and so uh God is a genius and how he uh he just he he comes at you from so many different angles it's like I've got this under control it's like you could look at your own life you could look at the word it's, it's everywhere you know, and and uh, I like how 
he, he uses this uh, imagery of having a baby in the New Testament. He talks about you know Christ living in you and growing up and all that kind of stuff because I was there when my children were born, and, and we all know those stories. But uh, when you get to that moment, there's really no turning back. You know, there's, you know it's, like, it's like, hold on, time out, time out. It's like I, I can kind of use a break here or something. And, uh, but once you get started on this project, it sort of takes care of itself to some degree. And uh, with a, a great deal of discomfort on mom's part. But, uh, you know, that's, that's what God does in our life is he, he, he puts that seed in you. And, and so that would be the beginning of that work. And so he has, he's, you know, uh, if you were not in Georgia, then I apologize because it was a blessing. But that message that Nonpet preached about how God declares the end of something at the beginning. Like so, he he starts out here at the end, and he said, "This is what this is how this is going to turn out." And then he backs up, and then you just walk it out. You go through the thing because you have that assurance that it's it's going to turn out just like you said it would. Yeah. And and that's that's the great thing about uh, about following God. In some ways, it kind of takes some of the drama out of everyday life because you're not worried about how something is going to turn out because you know it's going to turn out okay. I was reading this article about how how many families in the U.S. are, uh, you know, one paycheck from disaster, you know, like they had this survey, it's like, what, well, you know, if you had a $400 emergency, could you come up with it just with the money that you have in the bank or whatever? And and they were talking all doom and gloom about how many people couldn't do it. And Well, okay. You know, and I was just thinking, I was thinking how those people would react to places that I've been in my life and, and, uh, you know the the uh, the metrics of what people consider financial um, responsibility and, and literacy and, and all that stuff and uh, thinking they would they wouldn't like the way I live particularly <laughs> but uh, but you know it's funny because uh, I as I thought my way through that I was like you know but I don't I mean I've I've fretted about stuff and I've wrestled about stuff but every time those things have come around it's gotten less and less dramatic because I already know how this is going to turn out. This is going to turn out fine. I mean, there's a small chance I'm, my family and I might live under a bridge in a box, but probably not. And uh, so, you know, we'll get out our bikes and, and you know, we'll just ride to the store you know, and stand outside with a sign and get our food with our good looks, you know, but, you know. But when you when you think about it that way, it's like is, is God really gonna just leave me hanging like that? No, He does not ever leave us hanging. Being confident of this very thing, which He has begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And in the margin, I love it because He said that He which has begun a good work in you, finish it. Just as plain as day, He will finish it. I mean, perform it good. I like that because that. That kind of encompasses the whole process of it. But I like how to, to say that he'll finish it. That just kind of jumps right to the end. And so you have the conclusion already. So he'll finish it. Even as it is neat or fitting for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of my grace. 
For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, and that you may approve the things that are excellent, and that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. And so that's... Uh, that's a great deal of that work that he's going, that he does, that he begins. This good work that he performs is right here. Uh, that your love would abound yet more in knowledge and all judgment. And I like that. That uh, talking about love abounding in judgment, uh, because uh, because love does deal with things instead of just sweeping them under the rug. And uh, that you may approve the things that are excellent. Be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. And, uh, you know, our, our society certainly doesn't approve the things that are excellent. It, you know, it approves the things that are wicked and, and vile. And uh, he says, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, and with the glory and praise of God. You know, that I love that passage because it over and over again he says, Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. It's just kind of, it's, it all comes back to him doing these things, not you doing these things. And so, so he he's proclaimed. Then I've got all this work that I'm going to do, and 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 here's here's a little bit of what I'm going to do. And, and you can be confident that I'm going to complete it, because just as as surely as I started it, I will finish it. And that's what's so great about about having a baby. As surely as it is begun, when you start getting that little bump and throwing up in the morning, you can be sure. That before you know it, uh, you're going to be holding a little baby, and before you know it, you're going to have little slappy feet walking around in your house, and 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 all those things, and uh, and it's a precious thing how God does those things because when when you get to that that place, you know, you, you when you're you have your first baby, you're just you're sitting on the couch at night with mom flipping through stuff and dreaming about the baby and all the stuff you're going to do and 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 uh, you know, going through the bags of baby clothes that everybody gives you, and, and oh, it's so cute, you know. And before you know it, you have this little little bundle, I guess you could say, this little floppy thing. <laughs> it's, it's really cute. I mean, I remember giving Jeremy his first bath. It was like, what? Just bathe the poor child. Come on, you're not gonna break him. But, but they're they're so tiny and they feel so fragile, and you know, and uh, you know, and so. You know, it's interesting how, how God starts out that way in us. Just this, this little thing. And, and you have this big 900-pound gorilla flesh that uh, wants its way all the time. And, uh, and, and as, you, as you grow, then, then they, you know, that, that balance changes, and you all know that. So, so he finishes the stuff that he starts. You know, uh, there was a song that I listened to. Um, it was really interesting because he talked about um, about life being like a tapestry, and and how when you look at the backside of a tapestry, it's all messed up looking. You got little threads hanging here and there that aren't all tidy, and the picture doesn't look right, and everything. And then he talks about you know coming to the end of your life and and uh, and seeing the front side of the tapestry and seeing the the this design that that God has made, and how. That nothing that he did was wasted. How nothing he did, uh, there, there's no nothing is unwoven, nothing's undone. It's all, 
absolutely perfect, exactly how He meant it to be. And so, and the song says that God will finish what He started. And, and that's what He does because He just doesn't, I don't know how else to say it than that, He just he doesn't start something and not finish it. And so we have every every reason to be confident that the, the, the things that He's begun in you, the things He's begun in me, the things He's begun in the church, that they're just going to get done. You know, you think about the, the Valley of Dry Bones. It's like just that easy God is going to have a church without spot or wrinkle. Just as, you know, I like how he says he's going to present it to himself in Ephesians. That's, that's, that's great because, you know, you ever, you know, gone and bought something? It's like, happy birthday to me. <laughs> you know? and, and so, you know, that's, there, there, are, there are places in life where you just kind of get these privileges, like when you're the boss and it's like, you, I think I could use a little extra on my paycheck this week. Thanks, boss. You know, but, you know, and, you know, it must be, you know, for God, it's like, well, I, I, you know, really like a bride. So, ta-da, there she is, you know, but, but, um, you know, he, so he's given us that promise on this individual level, but he's also given it to us on a corporate level that you can be sure that this is going to happen. And, And of course, you know, the. Uh, the majority of the church doesn't believe that that's ever going to happen. That there's no way everybody could get along and and believe the same thing because, you know, and you, you all you're all thinking it along with me. It's like, yep, yep, I know, I, I can preach that. And uh, but we have that assurance from God that just like He started the work in you, and He's going to get you to the end of the road. He, he's going to do that same thing for the church as a whole because. He that's done a good work in you will be faithful to complete it till the day of Jesus Christ. So, Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. Uh, we uh, appreciate your faithfulness to us, Lord God. Uh, it, it's a blessing to us that we have the those arms to to lean on and to trust in God. That uh, having done everything we could do, God, we can lay back in your arms and and trust that you are the one that's going to. Bring us to the end of the road because that's what you do and that's who you are and and because your word has said it. Now we uh, just appreciate you today and we just pray for your uh, perfect will in this place. We pray for uh, your spirit to have perfect preeminence and sway in every heart in this place today. God, you know every heart and, and the need of every heart. God, and I just pray that as we as we come into the this uh the song service, God, that we would be thinking about those things that we want from you, the things we need from you, God, and and that we'd be asking you about those things, Lord Jesus. You know what we need, even if we don't. And so, God, I just uh, am confident that you're going to give us the things that we need today, because that's exactly who you are. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.